0: Great news everyone, Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries, Great Ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for those who continue to tune in and listen to us each week. We pray for the new listeners as well. We pray for the family of Antonio Warren Jr., better known as AJ, who was killed last Thursday. Years ago as a teenager, A.J. was a student of mine in our Wednesday night Bible study classes. We pray the blood of Jesus over monkeypox. We pray that your word will go forward. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In the name of the head of every man, Jesus Christ, amen. I hope you enjoyed the series that we did on Ephesians. And this week, I want to look at some common misconceptions in the Bible. The early manuscripts were copied by scribes whose job was to copy each word, each letter, each punctuation as it was written. That didn't happen. Errors were made, accidental omissions, inadvertent omissions, inadvertent additions, and misspelled words. But my friends, there were no theological changes made to the text. The other issue is the translation from Hebrew to Aramaic to English. Some words in English do not translate well from Aramaic or Hebrew or the Greek word. For example, in 1 Corinthians 13, the translation of our word love is charity. Most English-speaking people today would not use charity to mean love. And unless you go back to the original manuscripts, You cannot translate the words 100% correctly. And finally, it is the reader's interpretation of the Scripture that produces error. Not the scribes, but the reader, you and I. When we read Scripture without looking at the context, the background, the time, the author, the situation, then you may miss clues to the proper interpretation. But the error that creeps into the lives of some Bible readers, not you of course, is the tradition that some people have heard without reading the text so let's look at some passages and seek the truth let's start in genesis with the myth that adam and eve ate the apple the word apple is found in the king james version eight times but it is not found in the book of genesis what is found in genesis 3 and 2 is eve telling the serpent we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden In addition to the apple as the possible fruit eaten, figs were brought up as well. In Genesis 3 and 7, it says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. This verse occurs right after they ate the fruit. Other fruits have been suggested, but the Bible does not say what was the exact fruit they ate. In addition to Adam and Eve being in the garden with God, the serpent was also present. And although Satan is identified as the serpent, the Bible does not clearly identify him as Satan. He is clearly identified as Satan in Revelation 12 and 9, which reads, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth and... His angels were cast out with him. Revelation 20 and 2 proclaims, He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. Now folks, here's a hallelujah moment. When Satan rebelled, and some of his angels rebelled as well, Satan took one-third of the angels, meaning two-thirds remained loyal to God. So, it's two against one, and Satan already knows he's defeated. The victory is ours, but Satan would make you think that you can't be victorious over sin. When the animals begin to load onto the ark, most people believe they came two by two, one male and one female. Indeed, Genesis 6 verses 19 and 20 says, And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds after their kind, of animals after their kind, and of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind. Two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. Now that should be the end of the story, except it's not. Now let's read Genesis 7 verses 2 and 3. And it says, You should take with you seven of every clean animal, a male and his female, Two each of the animals that are unclean, a male and his female, also seven each of the birds of the air, male and female, to keep the species alive on the face of the earth. So, my friends, is this a contradiction? No. The clean animals were used for a sacrifice after the ark came to rest on dry ground in Genesis 8:20, And it says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. My friends, there has been much discussion about the mother of Jesus, Mary. There are those who believe that Mary was immaculately conceived in order to be the mother of our Lord. The theory is she needed to be sinless in order to carry a sinless Savior. So let's look at Luke 1, verses 26 through 28, And it reads, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. My brothers and sisters, the sixth month, was the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, who was Mary's cousin. Gabriel was the messenger who was sent by God to deliver the most important news in history at that point. Mary was a virgin, which doesn't make her any different from any of the other virgins that lived at that time. But here are the three things that make her different. She was highly favored, the Lord was with her, and she was blessed. I submit to you, that the believer is highly favored, that the Lord is with the believer, and that the believer is blessed. The difference between the believer and Mary is that Mary was chosen by God to be the mother of Jesus, and you were not. There is nothing in the text that would teach that Mary was immaculately conceived and was without sin and would make her qualified to be the mother of Jesus. What qualified her was... God chose her so that Scripture would be fulfilled. Isaiah 7-14 says, A virgin shall conceive and bear a son. My Christian comrades, every year during Christmas, the song We Three Kings of Orient Are further cements the untruth that three kings came to visit baby Jesus, or three wise men came to visit the newborn king, or they came to see Jesus at the manger. All three concepts are incorrect. Matthew 2 and 1 says that wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. It does not say that three kings from the east, neither does it say three wise men from the east. It says wise men. It could have been three or it could have been 300. The Bible does not give a number. The word wise men translate magi, which means astrologers. They saw the star in the sky from their home in the east and traveled to Jerusalem. Now this trip would have taken weeks to complete. Do you think that Jesus stayed in a manger for weeks? Here is what Matthew two twenty one says. And when they had come to the house, the house, they saw the young child, not baby, with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So the wise men were not at the manger, they were at the house. And Jesus was no longer a baby, but a young child. And the idea of three wise men probably came from the three gifts that were given. In Luke fifteen eleven through 32 Jesus tells the parable of the prodigal son. Many readers believe that prodigal means a person who leaves home, then returns later. However, prodigal refers to the person who spends money freely and squanders the wealth on wild living. Now here's one that has caused confusion, and that is that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. This fabrication comes from Luke 7 verse 36 through Luke 8 verse 3. Jesus receives an invitation from a Pharisee to have dinner at his house, and he accepts. While he was there, a woman, who was labeled a sinner, came to dinner and cried on his feet, then poured an expensive perfume on his feet, wiped them dry with her hair, and kissed his feet. Although the word says she was a sinner, that has been interpreted as prostitute. So now let's assume that she was a prostitute even though the Bible says sinner. How does that woman become Mary Magdalene? When you turn to Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, Jesus had left the dinner since verse 1 says, It came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village. Folks, Jesus had left the Pharisee's house and he had sent the woman away in peace. That's in Luke chapter 7, verse 50. Now in Luke chapter 8, verse 2, Mary Magdalene is mentioned along with other women who supported Jesus' ministry financially. Jesus had cast out seven demons from Mary Magdalene, and somehow, some people tie together the sinful woman in chapter 7 with Mary Magdalene in chapter 8. There is no connection, and that's the truth. So, my friends, you must read the Bible in the context it was written. You must know the author, when it was written, why it was written, Who was the audience? What was happening at the time it was written? And what were the local customs? Continue to read your Bible and add some study aids to help you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us to correctly read and interpret your word. In the name of the Lord from heaven, Jesus Christ, amen. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church, send your prayer request, as well as your praise reports to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.